0: Now, if you've ever wondered what the heck are the Akashic Records, well, this is the episode for you. We have on the show Akashic Records expert, Laura Co. Laura and I have a fascinating conversation about the Akashic Records, her connection to them, and how she teaches anybody, and I mean anybody, how to access the Akashic Records for their best interest and their soul's journey in this life. So let's dive in. I'd like to welcome to the show, Laura Crowe. How are you doing, Laura?
1: I am fantastic. Thank you for having me on.
0: Thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm excited to talk to you. You're doing some amazing work in the world. And where you come from is such an interesting story. Can you tell the audience a little bit about your journey back to the spiritual side of your life? Because you weren't always there, correct? No,
1: I was not. Um, I grew up... In the city of Chicago, my family is um, Jewish and more intellectual, not very religious. We, I mean, we celebrated things, but nobody took it seriously particularly. Um, and I was more of a philosophy person. I, I, I was kind of a hot mess in high school. I was having more fun than than the average kid. Um, but then I, I read Plato, and it was like something inside of me just woke up. And you know those moments where you just like get that full body goosebump. Something just mm-hmm. happened. So here I'm I. I was like 16 and I read this and I'm like, whoa, what happened? So I, I just followed that passion. I went to um to college, studied it, went to grad school, and I didn't want to be a professor and I didn't have a plan B. And I was like, shit. So um I, I left and I I went home to Chicago. I was in Boston and I um I uh, became an entrepreneur. Um uh, my dad is a famous physician, he was taking his work nationally. My brother was doing it. I love my brother. I was like, all right, you know what? Plan B. Let's try this. I was really good at entrepreneurial uh, endeavors. And we built this healthcare tech company from ground up. And that went on for about 10, 12 years, sold it to a Fortune 500, worked for LabCorp of America. And like really, honestly, Alex, I was like very lost. I was like cut off from my deeper self. I had really like compromised all of that stuff inside of you that sort of guides you, those inner knowings. Um, And I left with this goal of like, I got to go just find something more authentic. Like, I didn't know what that meant. Uh, And and I started this journey back into myself, philosophy. Uh, I started writing, studying authenticity, became a coach, had a podcast, Um, and even with all of that, I would say I was like spiritual light, you know, I was like one of these people that's like, I'll try it. Uh, sound bowl healing. Sure. Why not? Right. Um, (laughs) like I was a yoga teacher. I was meditating. I was doing all these things, but I kind of took it like, I don't know with a grain of salt, right? Healthy skeptic. Um, and then I bumped into the Akashic Records and it was like mind-blowing. Like it just blew my mind. And from there, it was just a series. I mean, we can go as deep as you want. I'm sure we'll get into it, but it was a series of events over some years that broke me open into the deeper knowing of what this authentic self really is, right? Like I was talking about it, but like what is it at its core what does it mean to be in one's truth who am i when i say i am in here we were i was talking that way people talk that way but i got really like i don't know blown wide open about what that meant to me and um and then really I just dove off the spiritual Uh, cliff at that point. I mean, it was just like, there was no stopping me.
0: Um, So what's wonderful about your story is that on the outside, you seem to have everything you wanted, financial success, you're a successful entrepreneur, sold your company to Fortune 500. Uh, Materialistically, you were probably doing fine.
2: Mm -hmm. You
0: were empty inside. And it, it seems just hearing your story, it's kind of like the universe was like, you're born, you're close to spirit. And it's like, okay, she needs to go off and find her, she needs to bump into the, bump into the walls a few times before she starts to come back towards us, towards the, to the spirit. And it, you just have to go off and make your mistakes and learn these things and learn the lessons you had to learn till you finally started to come back to spirit. Uh, and it, and you've apparently went into the deep end.
1: Uh- <laughs> yeah, I think, Um, <laughs> I think I, I. I, I, upon reflection right because I didn't grow up spiritually but upon reflection I think I was pretty tapped in right I, I trusted my intuition I would make decisions like I had that moment at 16 with philosophy and I was like yep doing this and then um I was uh you know in college and my friends like going abroad and I thought "Yep, yeah, gonna go abroad like I just kind of let my intuition guide big decisions and when I started the business, I was like, yeah, this feels, this feels right. I'm going to do this for a while. But what I didn't count on or what I didn't know at 24 was how such a life of like not following what's true for me and success is really exciting. You know, you're know, you 24. You're like, I'm, I'm, I'm testing myself and I'm pushing myself and I'm finding all these new skills and I'm, and I'm getting pat on the back from everybody. Right. I'm productive. It looks good. And and it was fun. Right. Like, I'm not going to say it wasn't fun. I'm creating things and I was helping people, but in there it was like, um, covering up more and more and more of that truth, that part of myself that was, um, that was authentic. Right. True to me.
0: Isn't it interesting though that, and I've done this too, and I think most people listening have done this at one point or another, is where you start to convince yourself that you know it's about the money, or like you know I could do this, just just keep doing this a little longer. This is a great opportunity, but you're not happy. Yeah, you know we're at a job that we might be making great money, but we really hate the job, and we really don't maybe not like the people working with us, and. At the end of the day, you come home and you're just angry and bitter and you don't understand why you're angry and bitter until you start doing that self-reflection. And then the brain's like, but you know, like there's so many people who kill for this job and this and that way. Like, yeah, but not if that's not your job. Can you do that job? Sure. I can do a thousand things. I had a post-production house for 25 years where I did movies all day. Could I do that job? Obviously I could. I made a living doing it for 25 years. Do I want to do it? No, I was probably happy like a handful of times in those in those 20 years doing that job, you know, unless I was working on my own stuff, until I found podcasting, because that makes sense. Uh, <laughs> and then I became a podcaster and an author and a writer and these kind of things that made no sense in my world, but then I felt whole. Yeah. Uh, and it's having the bravery to, to take that leap into these other things that make you feel whole.
1: Yeah. I I tell this story sometimes. I mean, I, I, I sold the company and I, I drove up to my home, a beautiful home, chocolate Labrador, my kid, a relationship of 15 years. It's like nothing objectively was wrong. And I wasn't unhappy, right? Nothing was like, I wasn't one of these people that was waking up like, oh, in fact, I made rules at my company. You're not allowed to say TGIF and there's no hump Wednesday or whatever that is. And I tried my best to enjoy my time, but it it just, it didn't speak to me. It wasn't true for me, right? I'm not a healthcare tech person and entrepreneurship. I liked the creative building, but I don't really like business. I mean, if you ask me to look at spreadsheets, I don't care. If you want me to talk about strategy, don't care. My brother one time was like, look at getting an MBA. And he showed me the catalog because he had one and he loves it. And I looked at each class and I was like, oh, like those all sound horrible. Like I don't want to take any of those. And so it's confusing when you're good at something and you don't despise it and, and you're getting outcomes and it's helpful to the world. And and you're sort of like, what's wrong here? You know? And it was me. Like I wasn't, I wasn't connected into the core of my being and bringing that forward. Right. I wasn't like one in the same with what is my my being myself right and and philosophy really was i mean i just think about that i just want to talk about it it is just my favorite topic every day of the week right and i did it with friends and and various ways i snuck it in as a yoga teacher and i tried other uh avenues but um i don't know right it's like when you actually find the the bravery to go in and say what is true for me what do i want And it goes against every like construct and financial benefit. Um, But you do it, that's when you find that flow state, right? That's when you find like your, your work is your play. You do it for free. Like all those kinds of sentences became true for me.
2: We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show.
0: Isn't it interesting that I think that It is worse to be in the state that you were in, which is kind of like that middle ground blah. I'm not happy, but I'm not unhappy is the worst place to be. Because when you become unhappy, it starts to motivate you to get out of your comfort zone. But when you're sitting smack dab in the middle of it, like you said, great relationship, beautiful house, chocolate lab, be a kid. Like I'm not unhappy, but I'm not happy. That's the dangerous place because that can last 30 years. That's right. But when you're pissed off every morning, that's going to eventually drive you to like, I got to make a change. But when things are just rolling, but you're unhappy uh, or, or, you know,
1: I had a conversation in my head with my grown son. I mean, he was only three, but I envisioned him at at 20, 25 and I, we were having coffee and I had this like flashbulb moment and he's like, mom, I I have a question for you. And I said, what's that in, in my, my fantasy? And he said, um, you you sold the companies so you had some money, um, it's not your passion. But I grew up with nannies and I never saw you and you were always tired. Why? And oh. and it was right. And I just went, Shh. oh, I gotta quit this job. I gotta stay home with my. Because what was true is I wanted to also be around him and I was never seeing him. You know, I would see him an hour or two a day because I had to, you know, fly to the house. And, you know business hours are 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 extensive um and so that was really the impetus for change i was like this is not true for me i don't want that for him and, and that's not my future
0: so you mentioned this thing called the akashic records um yeah. what is this harry potter thing that you're talking about can you <laughs> can you explain uh for people who don't know what the akashic records are what is the Ak- what is the akashic records or what so are So
1: really they? simply put it's the energetic space that holds your soul's history. Okay. So imagine a internet, a Wi-Fi, a space that is um, energy. And it's, it's a place that holds mine and yours and everybody's soul's history, not just this life, all your lives, and not just like a story or two, but every single thing, everything you've done, Alex, like I found a wallet. So my so an Akashic record reading, you go in and you enter this space. And when I was in this space for a friend, I located her wallet and we can talk about that in more depth, but it was one of these moments where I was like, oh shit, it's not just our conscious, our thoughts, our our feelings. It's literally my friend lost her wallet and didn't even know, right? So everything you're doing is stored
0: in this place called an Akashic record. So it's basically the cloud, but a spiritual version of it. It's like, <laughs> yeah. it's like at a much deeper level with a lot more computing power than what we, we're, we're playing with at the moment. Yeah, so- that's how
1: I think about it. And and then to enter it, it's like, think of a cell phone, right? Um, so you have a cell phone and you want to dial your friend's phone numbers, same cell phone, just pop in a different number. To get in the Akashic records, I read some sentences, swap one legal name for the other. I entered one Akashic record or another Akashic record. And um, I don't know. Fifty years ago, we didn't know how uh, cell phones worked. Right? It'd be impossible to say that this was an option. So I get that it sounds a little, a little out there that that's possible. But I, I mean, I just, I just equate it to cell phones. I mean, I think the science is getting there. I think quantum physics suggests there's ways that this is possible. But that's that's basically how it works.
0: But also, I mean, the Akashic records are are been talked about for thousands of years. Totally. Uh, in, in the Vedic text, in um, I mean, God, I, I forgot the earliest concept of this being talked about. But this is a concept that's been around thousands and thousands of years. So this is just not a new age, something that came up in the last thirty or forty years. Concept, uh, it, and it's been called the Akashic for a long time as well. Um, and then we could talk about Edgar Casey, who who really popularized it in in the early nineteen hundreds. Uh, with his work and tapping into the Akasha records, which is really interesting because the way you're referring to it is individual volumes, let's call them, books. I mean, we have to put it in like a library, it's a giant library, books and all this kind of stuff. But you can also tap into the world's record in the sense that like, you can look at things that are going to happen, things that have happened before, kind of like your wallet idea, Uh, the, the wallet story that you were about to tell. So can you explain to us that if you can go a little deeper into how you sure. found your friend's wallet using the Akashic records.
1: Yeah. So everything has a record. Your house has a record. Um, to your point, um, the world, you can you can open up the records of things, of animals, of people. Um, I know it's it's like a library, but it's not a library. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like the internet, but it's not the internet. I mean, I just don't think we have the best language. So this is the best I can do to explain it. Um but it is, yeah, it's it's a place that holds everything you've ever done, and when what people do is they do something called an akashic record reading. Okay, so you'd come to me as my client, and you'd say, "I've got a problem, right, in my life. Like I'm stuck. I, I'm frustrated. I'm um, uh, looking, seeking, wanting to get a breakthrough in some way in my life, right?" And so, an akashic record reading. Um, I'd I'd read those sentences and then I'd open up your Akashic records. And it's like the best way I can say it again is uh, imagine a Google search for your soul at that point. So it returns back one thing, one record for your highest good in this moment, right? So if you're checking out ski trips and you go into Google, you're going to get a ton of stuff and you have to sort through it. And in Akashic record reading, you ask a question, you get back like one search result. And it is so powerfully helpful for what it is that is stuck within you in that moment that people are like brought to cathartic tears almost every time I do readings or they're just like, they're always deer in headlights. They're like, how do you know? So I'll give you my example, but I walked into my first Akashic record reading and I was telling a few friends, I just want to live in a modern minimalist apartment in the lake. I don't know. don't know, random, right? This woman says, um, she opens up my records and the first thing she says, she goes, I see a modern minimalist apartment on the lake. And I was like, wait, what? And I didn't know what it was. I didn't know why I was there. My, my partner at the time took me and I was like, what? right? And then your brain just kind of freaks out because there's no way that this person could know it. And then she starts to tell me things about, about my soul, about what is so deeply true to me that if you were to get a team of therapists, all my best friends and a guru to, in a room and said what's the best information for Laura in this moment? I don't think they could do as good of a job as this is this reading. She told me about the books I wanted to write. She told me about my relationship with my son. Everything comes through without judgment and um with without a sense of right or wrong. So you get this beautiful conversation that you know, when you hear something that's true on a soul level, like you're, you're seeking, you're looking, you're searching, and then you read the sentence and you go, oh, that that was it. That was it. That was what I've been waiting to hear. And and I'm just like something unlocked inside of me. And I feel like I I'd had a profound opening or awakening. It's like that for an hour. I mean, you're just like one after the next, after the next, after the next. Um. So your question, what else is out there? It's that in a reading for an individual. And then... I go in the records and I ask these other questions because of my, you know, obsession with philosophy. But I I ask like, what's the nature of love? What's the nature of boundaries? And the reason is um, we have these views of, of this stuff, but it's filled with judgment and getting it right. And like feeling this pressure in this lifetime that I'm like, if I don't do something in a certain way, I've like failed the life or like, right. We have this calling, like I know I'm supposed to be doing something in my life, but I don't know what it is. So an Akashic record reading can help you hear what you signed up for in this lifetime. Cause the idea is you write a soul plan for what you want and then you get here and life's a little harder than we anticipated, or there's free will people like choose different things and do different, um, they, they don't go according to the plan, right? Or right. something uh, happens. And so the reading can help you get back on track with where you are for what you signed up for, what you need to heal, um, how to grow, what relationships are serving you, not serving you, karmic ties, past lives that are haunting you. Um, and it just gives you the perfect um, vocabulary to, to unlock an ability to move forward. And then you get that philosophical wisdom. Um, you know, what does forgiveness mean when you're looking at it through the realm, the, the, the view of the Akashic realm, and it's profoundly more beautiful and kind of simplistic. You're just like, Oh, I can do that. Right.
2: Like I can do that. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show.
1: Um, and then to the wallet, it's like, um, so I'm at this, I'm doing this, I'm, I'm writing, um, and I, I'm doing readings. And my friend calls me frantically. She's like, I, I can't find my wallet. And I'm like, I don't know what your wallet is. I'm not like a, like a that's like a party trick, right? <laughs> like, I can't tell you. So um she's desperate. And so I go in her records and I check, okay, where's where's Ollie's wallet? And I'm focused, and I see a pile of clothing. And there's this wallet stuffed in it. And she takes this pile of clothing and puts it in a hamper. And I said, I I, I, I think your wallet's in your hamper, but it's really stuffed in there. So you got to look closely. She's like, okay. Three hours later, she didn't call me, so I'm like, "That shit didn't work. This doesn't. This isn't how. This is not the Akashic Records.
0: I don't know. I, I feel you're ridiculous." You're abusing the. Uh, you're abusing the system. You're abusing. Like, this yeah, system. like
1: come on. This is a healing <laughs> modality for the soul. This is not about your wallet. So she calls me. She's like, "I found my wallet." I go, "Where was it?" And she's like, "In the hamper." And I'm like, well, "Why did you take you three hours?" And she's she said, "Well, I didn't do what you said. I didn't look closely. I just looked really superficially. And so I went back and I dumped the whole thing out, and it was it was stuffed in there. And I was like, whoa." <laughs> Right. I'm like, oh shit. Like it's a record of everything we're doing. Even the stuff we don't remember. Right. You like you lose things. So my partner at the time caught wind of it. She was like, I lost my credit card a week later. And I was like, oh, come on. I don't want to do that again. Like, it still feel like a party trick. And, and I said, it's between your glove compartment in your car, but you got to move your car seat forward. She comes back three minutes later with a photo. There it was like lodged right in there. But again, it fell out of her pocket. She didn't know. So it's not just the subconscious that we're capturing. It's it's literally everything.
0: So Laura, there's a ring that I lost. No, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it would be great if we could just talk it over real quick. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> no, I get this. is This happens with channels and mediums and psychics that I have on the shows. like once your friends are accepting of the situation, then they start using you like so – You know, I'm going to go on this trip. Should I use Spirit or American or JetBlue? Which is the one that's going to get me there on time? That's not going to be delayed. Like, I'm assuming this happens, right? Like, they, 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 like the
1: universe on tap. Alex, like, if I hear one more person say, "Can you just hop in my records?" I just started saying, "Everybody," I'm like. I just want to be clear. There's no hopping. Like it it takes a long time. They're very long winded up there. They, they answer in metaphor and there's like this beautiful uh, way that we joke that's like a records, the answer, but it's a long windy road to get us to open ourselves up to hearing what they want to say without judgment. So yeah, I I've I've done with that.
0: (laughs) So let me ask you this though. So with the records, it is not. It sounds well. It sounds like an optimized Google search. So it's like a perfect optimized Google search. Yeah. One thing, what you need at that moment, which yes. I'm assuming the Google boys and girls are working on, and the algorithm will get there eventually. Right. But until then, that you know, we we got Google. It's the best we got down here. When you say they is it are there is it like guides is it you know spirit guides is it uh, angels is it like who's the librarian if you will (laughs) who's speaking is it is it to the records themselves how how does that understand because i understand again for us i know the language is really difficult it's like for us it's like a record okay i pull a book off and i'm reading it and that information who is the voice of the akashic records is my question
1: yeah great question um so when you have a, a medium, they are speaking to an individual on the other side, right? So they are connecting to a loved one that passed. Um, there's the angels, the guides, there's all sorts of stuff like that. The Akashic records can, when you open them, you can connect to that as well, right? It, it has happened. And for some people who go in the Akashic realm, they um, they do experience all of those different um spirits, right? But the Akashic records are specific. It is the energetic space that holds your soul's history. And so the idea, again, because we only have language, is that there's the masters who, and the lords of the records, they are not embodied, right? So some of us come and embody life over life over life. And then there's some spirit that is never embodied. And they're the idea behind the akashic records is there's this place that is guarded essentially managed by <laughs> the librarians are the um the lords of the records and the the masters the ascended masters who have not embodied also protect and and they decide based on you know, there, there's sort of the view is that there's a bird's eye view of the Akashic realm from their perspective. And there's an infinite amount of possible options that are happening at every second. And they can see based on where I'm standing today, and all the billions of things happening, what is for my highest good for what I decided to do in this lifetime. Um, and they receive, they return that information for me. Um, it comes in a feeling of a collective voice is the best way I can describe it. It doesn't feel like a singular person. It feels like there's an energetic, um, opening in the crown chakra that, that, that feeds information. And it comes by way of auditory. You can hear, um, like a channel, like very, very, very specific language, uh, visuals. So you'll get um very cool metaphoric uh, visuals and then felt feelings like you can literally crawl into the energy of somebody and receive the energy like, oh, this person's really struggling with heartbreak, right? Or their throat, like they love the chakra system. The, the throat feels super tight and it's like, oh, they're speaking their truth. Right. And then you'll get the the languaging to get the details specifically about that. Um, so that's who who the Akashic records are. It's like um it's hard to describe, Alex. It's like a I call it they because it's the best way to explain it, but it feels like a energetic funnel um of a nondescript oneness energy.
0: I mean, it sounds like these guys. I hope they have good benefits because it's a lot of work. I mean, they. <laughs> I mean, I hope the benefits are good. The hours are good up there. <laughs> I'm joking, of course. But no, it's it's it's. I, but I've been actually not had that answer before because I was curious because I just think you think the record just like oh, it's a book. It's a library. You go in and you're like visually seeing things, and but something is throwing that funneling that information out to you. Um, it's fascinating and. I, and if I'm not mistaken, you teach people how to tap into this, correct? Anyone can tap into this, correct?
1: So um, a lot of people practice what I think of as spiritual elitism, but they would say that that's not the case, right? This is for special people. Um, Obviously. And I thought it was for special. I mean, I did a bunch of readings. Somebody was reading me and uh, everything was just 100% accurate. And so in a reading, it was said that I could go in the records and I was like, no, I'm not that person, Right. And then obviously it worked <laughs> for me. And so um I was thinking, like, God, I, I think I could train my friends. And so I started messing around and 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 trying it. And then I just couldn't fail. I I tried it over and over and over. And everybody I taught got in and I thought, wow, that's really cool, you know? And then watching their reaction, right? Each person had this like, oh my God, right? Like maybe um I'm special too. Maybe I'm connected. And I started feeling this um, drive towards helping everybody feel that we're all connected. We all can With connect. Because you yeah. know why? We already are connected. If you've ever walked down the street and you've had a knowing, right? If you've ever been in the shower and you're like... Oh, it just came to me. Or you like have a problem and it just wow, I don't know where that came from. What are you talking about? We're everybody's tapped in. We're all tapped in. We're all energy, right? That's what we are. That is what is around us. And so yeah, I got excited and um (laughs) I I taught a men's group of 40 dudes who are like accountants and investment bankers. And they signed up for
0: Oh, that must have been amazing.
1: Oh my God, it was the greatest. Uh my friend. I adore him and he um, he's like, we're going to blow their minds. They think they're signing up for like some really basic spirituality, but really just a bro community. And he brought me in, didn't tell them, and they signed up for these sessions with me uh, in pairs and they just had their minds blown, right? Because every single one of them is like, I'm not going to do it. They're sweating. They're freaking out. (laughs) They're like, oh my God, nobody told me I had to do it. But they really opened themselves to it. and, And every single one of these 40 guys, every single one got in the records. And they still talk about it as being one of the most profound experiences of their life because it opened up this idea like, well, shit, what was that? what, it, what just happened, and right? It, it just so changes
0: then, their perspective on reality and spirit yeah, and the soul yeah. and everything. And
1: their relationship to it, it's not just for other people. So yeah, I teach now, um, in groups of like hundreds, uh, it's super fun. Um, and then for those who get excited, you know, we work in smaller community and practice with each other and there's a certification for it and, and everything.
2: We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now, back to the show.
0: That's, that's, that's so amazing. I mean, if, it's, just some, it's just amazing that you're able to, to do that. And, and it seems, from what I understand, it's not that difficult. Obviously, 40 dudes, 40 bros <laughs> who did not believe. It's not like they drank the Kool-Aid. They were just like, no, well, sure, it's this stuff. And it, and it actually happens. I can imagine it'd be profound in their lives. It must be fun yeah. for you to see it's this.
1: So fun. You just watch them, you know, they're like, it's not gonna happen. And then they and then they go in and they're like, I see a dragon. <laughs> like, right, because the records come in these wild metaphors, and and then they they're just like, whoa, what the hell? Right. And and then it just starts working. And here's the thing, Alex, like everybody can hold a
0: tennis ball
1: and a racket. Right? right everybody can not, walk up to
0: everyone's a... stuffy graph.
1: Exactly. <laughs> everybody can walk up to a piano and 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 touch the keys. I just want everybody to know listen, you got to practice. Some people are probably more talented than others. Some people put in the thousands and thousands of hours. I'm not going to lie, it's not easy. It takes a long time to cultivate the practice and really move the energy effectively consistently without your ego kind of slipping in. But I just want everybody to know it's like a piano, you know, walk up to it, touch it. If you get excited by it, get some lessons. If that excites you, right. Maybe you're the next Mozart. I don't know. I mean, but it isn't like just for some people It is is so meaningful for me to think about.
0: I love that. I love that analogy of like, you know, everybody could pick up a tennis racket and a ball. It's like some will be Serena and others will not. Um,
1: there's, it just falls to the ground and they swing and they miss the ball completely.
0: And, but at least they could pick up the ball. And so everyone has the act, the ability to do it at least at one point or another, but at some people have a higher level than others, but that's with everything in life. That's even, right. even spiritual, spiritual and, uh, you know, evolution. There are our masters, there are masters who walk among us who've, some were born with, they were at a higher level when they came in and then this life they're supposed to evolve to, an ascended master level and you meet, you know, I've had the ability to talk to some some very spiritually, high spiritually enlightened people. You can just see the energy difference. You can feel the energy difference in the way they speak and the way they move. And it's, yeah, yeah. but everyone, can everyone pray? Sure. Can everyone meditate? Sure. Absolutely. But when you sit down with a Tibetan monk who's been meditating for 30 years, (laughs) <laughs> and can get down to, I forgot the, the the different levels of of states, the alpha level, the beta level. And then I think when they were doing the, neuros- the neuroscience readings of it, they're like, oh, you've got all the way down to this level. because well, we can go one more. And they're like, what? And then they went down to, I forgot, omega level, like some other crazy level that no one had ever recorded before. And they, because they could do that. You and I probably not at this point.
1: <laughs> That's right. That's right. I mean, you know, and so, can we all sit and, and get the Headspace app and, and give it a run? Absolutely. And so it's 50, you know, Madame Blavetsky brought the Akashic Records to the States um, at the turn of the century in a community called the, the Theosophical Society. And, you know, um, she brought meditation and yoga. And some of it got popularized and some of it didn't. And I don't know why the Akashic Records, it's like the greatest kept secret, it's been around to your point for thousands of years. Um, it just hasn't quite found its legs. It, 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 I think in part it's come through a methodology of, of uh, hypnosis more and it is a taxing process uh, to go into hypnosis. I find the systems lately with these, um, these sentences you can read these uh, essentially prayers, if you want to call it that m- make it so much easier to access. But um, yeah, it, it's, 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 Available to anyone who, who's willing to put the effort in
0: and, and take the time. Now can you connect to your higher self using the Akashic Records?
1: Yeah. So you are connecting to the Akashic Records. And I mean, here's what I get fascinated by, right? Like oh, when you say am I connecting to my higher self? Um, what is my higher self? Your soul,
0: right? your soul, the yeah. the one who watches what yeah. we are doing the player of the game that we are in we are an avatar running around in a video game they're they're they've set up the parameters and they're the ones watching so when you say i am yeah. are you the avatar are you are you mario or are you the player playing mario that's right
1: so <laughs> that's right thank you and so the 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 akashic records the soul that right it, it, the the soul of laura is um come here and infusing life force into this human rapper called Laura, who's got whatever skills and physicality. Um, and while it's here, it's hoping to learn some lessons that it decided it wanted to do. And Laura, as she's in a dense body and things are challenging, perhaps, uh, goes left often when she's supposed to go right despite the soul calling that's like go left right because it's subtle that that internal voice so this is more of a loudspeaker um from the akashic realm about your soul right so it's not your soul it's it's though they were on the other side with with the player with the soul, they give so
0: like, they're giving yeah, you cheat codes, they're sending you cheat codes. This
1: is what she wanted, this is what she set up, right? Here it is. Um, and so you and your soul can like really re-establish that relationship. Like, oh, this is what I was searching for, says Laura, to her soul. I got it now. It's sort of it kind of re um establishes a deeper relationship to that soul calling within you. Um
0: and the yeah. thing that it's, it's beautiful about that last statement you said is that in so many ways our life we we often go left but we should go right that's a given on all all humanity generally this general statement does that, and we get those little taps on the shoulder,
1: yeah,
0: hey, hey, you need to no get, and then then it starts getting a little and then you start getting a pat on the back and you start getting pushed, and then all of a sudden you're you know a car hits you. <laughs> That's right. And you're like, "Oh, oh baby, maybe I should listen." Because it gets louder and louder and louder until you finally. So, the Akashic records it sounds to me is a much nicer way of doing it <laughs> as opposed to a wall falling on you, you getting sick, you having your heart broken or something along those lines to really show or go bankrupt because you're 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 not listening to the path that you're supposed to be on. That's and you, right. And you go off. So, if you're able maybe this episode is a calling for everyone listening. Maybe I'm not on the path I am. This is the universe, again, tapping you on the shoulder in a very kind way. But I promise you, if you don't listen, the kindness tends to go away.
1: <laughs> yeah, I no, Alex, it's real. And I'll tell you, I've done thousands and thousands of readings. I mean, I can't even count them. And there hasn't been one single reading where it's like, hey, Alex, you're on the wrong path. Alex, you're doing it wrong, right? Like they won't say that. They'll just say, it's getting heavy. This doesn't feel so great. I mean, you can do that, but you may have to repeat it in the next life. We're just letting you know. Right. Like it's not, it's not a it's not a punishing experience. No, but it is really truthful when they start to talk to you from this perspective of like total love and compassion for the way in which you're veering left when you should have gone right. And they won't say should they'll just say, you know, so that path may cause a certain amount of distress, right? Like, and we're not sure why you want that. <laughs> and your relationships may fall apart and it doesn't look very good for you. This other naturally path looks so, yeah. Light and happy and cheery. and and then I know people who still don't do it, right? And then it's interesting because it really got me to understand free will. You have free will, except if you and keep that's... picking against what it is that your soul wants, your life gets harder and harder and harder and harder. So that free will, you know, be 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 mindful if if the walls are crumbling down, there's a a lesson there for you as much as I hate that sort of toxic positive psychology, like, there's always a lesson in it, you know, it's it your your life objectively is sucking. And I don't want to sound like uh, that's not a a difficult position to be in. But um there's a reason for almost all of it. and And there's ways that this is could be helpful to you to get back to where you want it to be,
0: so it sounds to me like they're going to go, ok, so in this door, you're going to have fun and have a good time and, you know, things that you've never imagined are going to happen to you, or you can go into door B and you're going to be in pain and it's going to be tough and you're going to run into walls left and right. So air B guys air B. And that's essentially the way they, they present it as opposed to saying, stop going into B you got to go into a, they won't do that because that no. takes
2: away your free will. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show.
1: And there's no judgment. And because you can do as many lives as you want to, Alex, you can be on your 10th life on this topic if you'd like to. I mean, it doesn't matter. There's no time on the other side, right? So that's also interesting to think about. And I once thought though, well, wait a minute, but this question of nihilism, right? Like, I don't want my life to be meaningless. Like, it doesn't matter at all. Like whatever, you know, I could do 10 lives. So I guess- I out. I'm yeah, out. Um, like I'm not going to worry about this. Um, and so what it what was explained to me was so beautiful if you if for my own life, for example, my soul wanted to to go deep into this philosophical stuff, and it is one and the same with my soul imprint to do this work, right? It is it is truthfully like soul work for me. And so to find another life where I'm free, I got an education. There's a world where I can talk about this. I'm not going to get
0: burned nasty. at the stake
1: exactly right hung because all that happened apparently to me um (laughs) it's harder to find so they're like listen you don't have to do it but when there's a plant and it's in the right soil with the right sun and you know the right amount of water do you really want to like pull it out and skip i mean it's they were like seems kind of odd to us right and that's kind of how they speak um but of course you can if you want to right Uh, except if you do also Then my life got heavier and heavier because I'm not in that soul calling that I want, right? So that that helped me understand it's not just um, meaningless, I guess, either.
0: Well, yeah, it's and a lot of people have asked me that too, is about the meaningless aspect of like, well, if you live multiple lives, you could do whatever you want. I'm like, no, but you you pick up a few things. So let's say in this life, I decided to just, you know, I'm just going to start drinking and doing a whole lot of drugs, and you know, I'm going to be a womanizer. I'm going to hurt a lot of people. I'm going to just be out for money and all this kind of stuff. And and, and just because I want to in this life, I'm like, ah, it doesn't matter. You know, might as well be rich and, you know, fly, do whatever I want and all this kind of stuff. Well, as you continue to do that, you're building up karma, which you're going to have to deal with. So in yeah. that sense, decisions you make here have repercussions, not punishments, oh. repercussions. And from my understanding, from talking to so many people about this subject, it's that not, it's that that you have to deal with your karma is that if you want to move forward, you actually want to, when you're on the other side, I'm like, man, I heard a lot of people. I got to, I got to, I got to clear this out of my system because on the other side is a whole other perspective. That's so, right. Does that make sense? What I'm saying?
1: Yeah. I've actually done readings <laughs> for people who have brought in the proverbial garbage bag. I mean, they literally show me hefty bags, like, you know, and they bring. Brought it all in, and because they some people don't. They choose to to not deal with a bunch of stuff, and they do four or five lives, and they take care of maybe more of the fun stuff, the lessons that come through the the happy lives, and and they got some harder stuff and and those lives are rough and you know i feel bad for those people cuz they're like how do i get change my plan at this point i can't do all this i signed change, up for too much
0: <laughs>
2: change my
0: plan like, can, can my i get an, an amendment amendment hard. to this contract i just told, yeah, yeah. I want out can i tap out of on this one this one's tough and at that point you go it's kind of binding
1: you know you have these soul contracts and you set them up with a lot of people and i mean you can get out but um it's a little rough to get done so i mean there are there are ways in the akashic records to break um the the car the contracts i mean you can um but yeah i mean there's but you're a gonna deal effect. with
0: it anyway but you're gonna deal with it anyway eventually gonna... and it's gonna probably be worse down the line
1: sometimes sometimes it so it's it's very varied right like so, you know, I've read people whose parents are wildly abusive and right. that wasn't exactly the plan, right? The, the the parent didn't do their work and then was so, so abusive that this person has been unable to do the work that they wanted in this life. Right. And so there's a lot of sympathy on the other side for stuff like that. And it's like, um, you know, don't worry. I did this reading for this girl and um, it was so uncomfortable because they showed an image of her going, you know, you you got the shower that has the bathtub around it. So they showed a, sh- a shower like that and and they showed um, a drain and there was hair in the drain, like not just a little, like a lot, like it was pretty gross looking. And they made the metaphor that this woman's mother was this hair in this drain. And I was like, oh, are you going to make me say this? This is awful, right? But I'm the messenger, so I never withhold. So I'm like, uh, so you know when you go in the shower and there's hair in the drain, it's like... That's not yours to clean up. Sometimes you just have to put the stopper in and take your shower. Even if the water's filling up and it's coming up to your knees, it's just not yours to clean. And there was this metaphor around like your mom's stuff was so overwhelming it's not yours to take care of in this life and she was like mm-hmm, yes right I like, <laughs> like this like <laughs> right and i'm feeling horrible i'm like did i just call your mom hair in a drain like oh my god <laughs> but yeah i mean it, it so it it's um you know what's really exciting is that there's never been two readings that are the same
0: oh i can imagine of course cuz there's never two souls that are the same
1: yeah and the stories are so varied so even though Love is a big topic, right? Everybody, I mean, in the end, it's all get out of the head, get out of the ego, and a return to the state of love, right? This this internal state of divine love, uh, not romantic love, right? But the, the the knowing of your intrinsic being is kind of the the global message. But the, the billions of ways that we all get there, and the varying definitions of maybe somebody has to work on forgiveness, and 10 people have to work on it, the the way in which they're approaching it and the lessons and the how it's showing up, it's, it's just always different. It's, so it's really, it's really cool. It's, it's definitely humbled me as far as giving opinions to people in their life. Right. Like I look at people and I think I have no idea who you are. Right. Cause you're not this human that I'm looking at. You're this right. multidimensional soul. And I, I mean, even my own son, he's 17 and, and I look at him and I'm like, I don't actually know who you are.
0: Wow. Well. That's, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's very, very true. It's, you know, walking this path is not easy from what I understand. This is the toughest school there is in the universe. Apparently like that. We even came down here is a a testament to our toughness of wanting to deal with this here. Yeah. A
1: lot of souls don't like being here. It is, it is true. It is uh, hard to be uh, in, in this plane. Um, yeah, the lack of love and the, the amount of, um, uh resentment and retribution for an action
0: right it's and we're apparently evolved at this point can you imagine a hundred years ago 300 years ago 500 years ago imagine the dark ages or before it's just like yeah Yeah. this conversation couldn't have this conversation couldn't have happened 20 years ago 30 years ago right not publicly we would have literally been these people are insane yeah they're gone they're gone they're insane um, This, you know, and, and it I think you, I think you'll, you'll agree. And I think we've mentioned it a couple of times in this conversation. It's, it's, it just sounds crazy. I mean, this doesn't oh. sound, this doesn't sound normal, quote unquote, but when you li- listen to this at a spirit level, as a soul level, it makes sense. But if you look at it from a materialistic standpoint and this kind of like materialistic world. It sounds absolutely nuts. Like, these guys are crazy.
2: Yeah.
0: And I mean, and it's okay. It's okay. So, it, again, and I said this to you earlier, if this makes sense, does this ring true to you? If it does, investigate. If it doesn't, discard it and move on.
1: You know, I was, as I said, such a skeptic. And um, I'd run these experiments, like hundreds of them. And so I trained like the first 300 people I trained. I asked them the same question. I don't know you. You're going to go in my records to for me to train you. And I'd ask the same question. What are my partner and I healing right now? I got the same freaking answer dude. Like 300 complete strangers, they had a different metaphor, they used a little different words, but they would they would basically have the same um lesson for me or this, you know, the same same basic general feeling towards it. And then, you know, doing them, I always tell people this is experiential, you know, try it. I can't explain it. I mean, I know it's crazy and people who learn to do it, they're like, Laura, I get anxious that it's not working. And I'm like, well, of course you do. You're sitting quietly and pretending that there's energy coming into your your head and thinking that there's something moving through you that defies everything we know to be true, right? Like that is not in our education system. I certainly didn't think it was an option. I didn't think I could even do it. But nonetheless, Alex, like thousands of people call me from all over the planet. I've never spoken to, and I can tell them intimate details about their kid down to the like the the nature of their soul. Like, oh, this one's a charmer. This one's a, oh, this one's got a lot of energy. And they're like, how do you know that, right? And it's my modern minimalist apartment on the lake. The second um, Akashic record reading I did, I went to New York, and um, we went on the streets of Soho. And we bought a Tibetan bowl. Like I was just getting into this stuff. So I was like, why not try it? And so we're like idiots on the floor of this hotel room, a little champagne trying to play this bowl, whatever.
2: We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show.
1: The next morning we did a reading on the phone in New York City. And the woman said, I see Tibetan bowls and sound therapy. I was like, come on, right? So it's like, I mean, I get it. Like some things feel generic, but the stuff that would come through over and over and over was just so incredibly detailed. And it's not, it's an, it's impossible to know given our, our understanding of science. So I just go back to the cell phone thing. I'm like, drop off cell phones 50 years ago. People would be like, you're crazy, right?
0: Right, I mean, yeah, with cars and the internet. And explain the internet. Explain the internet to somebody in 1980. That's right. Explain the energy. Like, it's just, it's a concept that we couldn't grasp. But quantum physics is talking about things now that science would have said, you're, what? We're right. energy? There is actually no solid matter. And right. energy is just like, we're empty. So, like, between the electrons, there's empty space. And right. what? And then what? now there might be empty space between planets and that's the empty space that can go faster than the speed of light, and what? Like, you're, these are concepts that would blow people's heads. There's, they, they hurt my head now, just even saying them out loud, uh, because they're they're very difficult concepts to grasp. But these are things that are happening. At Alex, the here's
1: the thing, okay? And my dad's a wild atheist doctor, right? And we have these debates. I- <laughs> You ever, So meditation 20 years ago was woo-woo and weird, and right? Absolutely. Now, now people are doing it more, but still it's, some people think it's weird. But here's the thing. We all get in bed and we lay down for <clears throat> eight hours and we go into some weird state. And just because we're all doing it and we're all used to talking about it, dr- dreaming and sleep time is the weirdest thing. I am... In bed for eight hours, I don't know that I'm really laying there. I like leave my conscious mind, an entire universe opens up. I barely remember any of it, and meditation is weird. I'm just sitting for 20 minutes on a pillow, completely conscious in my living room. Why is that weird? Dreaming is 10 times weirder than that. So I think there's all these things. I mean, we're floating on a blue ball in the middle of air spinning at thousands of miles an hour without anything holding us. I mean, just the planet Earth and like the fact that we're like in the middle of, of right. Like um, the galaxy and there's nothing tethering us. Why is that not a scary concept? Right. So I don't know. I think that like there's all this stuff that we take for granted as not weird, but I think it's actually very weird to, to sleep and dream. Right.
0: Oh, it's insanely weird to sleep and dream. And, you know, and I, I, I'm a, you know, I've had a lot of dream experts on, um, psycho, you know PhDs that really study dreams and how the how the metaphors it's I, I imagine it's very similar to the akashic records in the sense that they speak in metaphors your dreams speak in metaphors it's mm-hmm. never about uh the duck that's on fire i don't know i just came up with that like it's not about the duck on fire it's about your relationship with your mom like yeah. <laughs> like that's what it's supposed to be saying but you can not you like what like why can't you just say talk to your mom like, why do you got to burn a duck in front of me? Like, that's off, like awful, you know? And what what is The Rock doing here? Like, how did Dwayne Johnson just show up for no reason? Like, these are the things that happen in our dreams. Right, right.
1: And listen, I think if you ask everybody, do you want to feel more fulfilled? Do you want to feel happier? Do you want to feel connected to yourself, the people in your life, your work? I, I think everybody would say yes. Like, I'd prefer that than disconnected, unhappy, like right in a space of, um, separateness. And so if this modality or these modalities that sound weird are more effective at bringing us into a deeper sense of knowing ourselves, right. Then our brains, because here's the thing, like we're all doing it this one way. We're thinking our way through our life. We're, we're, working really hard to grasp something outside of us and bring it in to tell us that we're we're okay, we're safe, we're we're um, in control of our of our life in some way. And it's just not working, right? and and I think so many people have this felt sense that something's missing. There's something deeper. there's some way in which like this prescriptive way of living their life, right the success trajectory, if I do more, achieve more, get somewhere. eventually I will feel. And what's the feeling? I want to feel connected, fulfilled, free, alive, more loving, more open, more expansive. It it just doesn't work the way that we've been told it works, right? So as much as we're laughing, like that these ideas seem crazy, which I get it, right? Like they seemed crazy to me. They really do work. I mean, as somebody who's traveled both paths, Success gets you success. It gets you stuff. And stuff is wonderful if you want more stuff. Like, But if you want to feel better, right? If you actually want to put your head down at the end of the night and think to yourself like, oh my God, I loved my day. I felt in flow with myself. I felt aligned and I felt like free to express the deepest parts of myself into the world you know like this stuff gets you there it doesn't come through success trajectories and 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 materialistic uh, gains right
0: well let me ask you um from your experience doing this as many as many readings as you have So many of us are lost in the sense of our mission here, like why we're here, and not having that feeling of, or knowing of what you're supposed to be doing. Because we all have that soul contract. We all have, look, we came down here to do a certain job, and it doesn't have to be a grandiose job. It could be something simple as raising your children. That's your job. That's what you wanted to experience in this life. Or it could be you know coming up with a cure for a disease or doing the work that we're doing or something like that. How can you, or do you have any advice for people who could break through that fear? Um, first of all, to break through the fear of actually, if they have a indication of, or intuition of where they want to go, to take that leap. And secondly, even how to find that intuition, find out why we're here.
1: Yeah. I think eight out of 10 people who do a reading with me ask me, you know, am I on the right path? Right? Am I doing the right job in my purpose? Right. And what is my purpose? Why am I here? And so it is, it's like the most common question. And so we look at their soul plan, what they signed up to do, where they are in that process and perhaps what's getting in the way. Um, As far as like what to do to break through the fear, it's just so endless, Alex. Like there's thousands and thousands of different versions and different stories. As I mentioned, some people are working on childhood trauma. Some people are working on past life stuff they've dragged in. Some people... um, they are working on a specific thing like getting into the vibration of love or, right? But I can say this without a doubt for everybody, without a doubt, the brain and it's right and wrong thinking is the thing that I hear about the most. It's like, get out of the brain, get out of this right and wrong paradigm that, you know, I'm trying to like live my life by following some kind of steps to get it right. And when I do, then the world will be a certain way get into your heart, whatever it means to you, if it means meditation or walks or scuba diving or like whatever, whatever brings you into joy, into a feeling of uh, internal satisfaction and happiness, do that as often as you can, because that is where the wealth of the the knowing of purpose derives from. It's not in your head, right? So um the fear... Fear begets fear right the more time you're in your head the more time you start stressing out about it and the more imposter voices you get and all the other things that come along with it so i mean that's that's my advice i i teach the records in mass you know so that people can go in them it's not to become a practitioner it's to show people that we're all mystics as i mentioned and also it's like um this energy heals Right. So if you, Mm -hmm. if you drop into meditation, they've done the science, like it, it changes, you know, your brain states. If you go into the Akashic records, you do nothing else, but listen to music. I will tell you, it'll be like the coolest music you've ever listened to, right? Like everything you drop into your body and and you get um, this energy that you're receiving just from opening the records. So I always encourage people, if you're struggling on your path or stress or fear, or just, you feel lost or, you know, don't know your next step like just try that i mean opening them sitting in them um I, I do this class and it's a few hundred people and we go in it together and then i just say go in the chat tell me you know and how you feel and they're like oh my god tingling ecstatic i saw blue blah blah like they, they write these things and i'm just so excited cuz it's like awoken them to some some other uh way to connect to their own energy
2: we'll be right back after a word from our sponsor And now back to the show.
0: And you touched upon something that I think leads into my next question. You discussed something and you wrote a book about emotional obesity, Mm. which I love that term. I think that's a fantastic (laughs) term. Great. Use your trademark it. It's fantastic. Um, Can you explain to people what emotional obesity is?
1: Yeah. So um, I mentioned I was an entrepreneur and (laughs) I had spent so much time being productive right and justifying some of my choices. I was like very much in my head, and I was like clear that, okay, this is coming to an end, and I want to um move on when I started asking myself what I wanted, what do you want? not what not what should you do? not other people's approvals, not what will get you success, what do you want? what makes you happy? I was like on my knees <laughs> I was like. This is horrible, right? And, and I can't even blame it on money. Everybody, you know, uses that one and says, well, you know, if I just had more money, then I could answer that question, like no problem, but th- it's not true. So um, I struggled a lot when I left my business to think about what I was going to do next. I wanted to do something that felt authentic and it was like a curse thinking about it through that lens. I realized that the thoughts in my head, all these things that are happening in my mind, If I were to try to separate out the authentic voice from all the cacophony of conversations going on up there every day, I didn't know the difference. I didn't know the difference. Couldn't have found it. So I came up with this idea of emotional obesity, right? We wake up every morning, brush your teeth, you comb your hair, you wouldn't think about leaving the house without something, a shower, something to eat, right? Maybe we do 15 things, maybe we do three things. But then all day we're attending to our physical self, right? And if you're not interested in in physical health, like you're aware of it, like there's stuff everywhere, there's doctor's appointments, there's gyms, but nobody does anything for their emotional health. We wake up and we just immediately think of the list of things we have to do. We feel stressed the minute our eyes are open. And then we just fly through our days unconscious and unawake to, to anything within us. And so I... I came up with this idea of like emotional obesity. We're all walking around layered up from thoughts that are weighing us down, right? And we talk that way. We say, oh, ugh, my life feels heavy, right?
0: Oh, it's a Friday.
1: Oh, yeah. uh-huh, right? <laughs> and people who love what they do, they're like feel alive and awake, right? Or if you're spending your weekend doing something you're enjoying, you're up and you're free and you're awake and you're alive versus weighed down. So, yeah, what's uh, what's the layers, Um, that are keeping you from your authentic self. And that was like the first book I I spent like five or six years helping people, uh, with that question, what do I want and what's in the way, what are the thoughts that are weighing me down from, from experiencing my authentic voice.
0: And so, so we're basically, you know, emotional trans fats, Emotional junk food, emotional uh, diabetes uh, is basically what you're talking about. It's like you've just been eating a lot of fast, you know, emotional fast food uh, and weighing yourself down. It is so true when you meet somebody who's on purpose and happy with what they do in life, they are just, you can feel the energy difference. But yeah. then when you meet people that are just like, oh, my God, my life it's a heavy Heavy. energy, it's a completely different thing. And now you can physically see them as obese emotionally. Like they're mm-hmm. carrying the weight of the world on themselves. and someone who is not and really on purpose, they're light. they're they're on their feet. they're they're moving. There's a higher energy or higher vibration to them. And I don't know what it is, but i I, I think that because I used to I'm sure you were too. We were all emotionally obese at one point or another. Yeah. Um, some people listening are still emotionally obese, and hopefully, this conversation will start them on the path of going to an emotional gym and and talk to an emotional nutritionist uh, <laughs> that will help them get back on the on the on the road that they need to be on. But as you change, I've noticed that you attract those people into your life yeah. those those people who are at the same quote-unquote vibrational frequency as you are brought into your life like i don't have anybody that's like oh my life is horrible i can't i used to be surrounded by those people Mm. growing up but now it's more of like the people i talk to the people i interact to are at a much higher level And the show has helped a lot, obviously, uh, because I'm, uh, you know, the people that I talk to like yourself. um, But I've noticed that. Have you noticed that as well in your life?
1: Oh, my God. Without a question. I mean, when listen, you know, I thought I had cracked the nut. I'm not gonna lie, like of
0: course, you figured it out. You figured it out.
1: Dude, when when I was going deep in that authenticity work, I'm like, I'm pretty authentic. Like, I feel pretty good <laughs> That's now. Pretty like, awesome. I don't know. I don't want to say it out loud, but I mean I think I got this life thing, like check, you know. <laughs> and uh <laughs> I was, I mean, I was you know, I didn't want to say it out loud, but I was like, I think I'm gonna just coast to the end of my life, and um <clears throat> Amazing. I do know. Lessons learned. I feel good. My ex, uh, she she had, she had cancer and, um, Sorry. you know, it was very bad and thank you, but, but it was stage four. And, and I was like, I'm still okay. I'm not freaking out. Like, I was like, I got this, I got this. And oh, so God. we, we ended up separating, which was, um, what I wanted. And, and I went out in the dating world and I met, do you know, I don't know if you've heard of twin flames, um, <laughs> in your, no. Um, so I hadn't either. Uh, but my, my authentic, uh, supreme self was like, I'm good to go. I'm going to go out and date. And I met this person, a twin flame is the, uh, Plato talks about it in the symposium, the other half of your soul. So the idea is that when your soul is created, it is, um, it breaks into two and there's only one other other half, right? Mm-hmm. And so we have lots of soulmates. People talk about soulmates all the time, but soulmates are people who you travel many, many lives with. They're like your soul besties, right? Um, and you have like a group of those and some Soul group, really- the
0: soul group. Yeah, the soul, soul group. group and, they, yeah. and they switch out and they switch up. Sometimes their mom, sometimes their dad, sometimes they're a good friend, uh, right. lover, so on.
1: That's right. But a, a twin flame- uh, you wouldn't wish it on your worst nightmare. They come at a life when you're having an ascension. And th- the idea is that um, it's it's you. It's your other energetic half, right? And so there's this uncanny ability. Do, do you know when you say something to a friend and you're like, oops, they got really upset. I didn't even mean to trigger something, but I just clearly sure. triggered something. We triggered each other like, hey, how's your day? Why did you do have to say that? You know? <laughs>
0: Can you pass the coffee? You would ask me that, wouldn't you?
1: Oh my god! And so you can go online and look it up. But there's like du- like thousands of articles around this twin flame process because you break up constantly because it's like the the light that they shine on your unhealed parts is brutal, and then you blame each other. you Oh, it's because you're an asshole. And it's like, no, no, it's oh god, you you just found another pocket of unhealed. I can't believe it. Because I'm 51 years old. I was 46. I was like, I'm good it's like, oh my God, I'm not good. Like, I, I can't believe this. So um, I ended up um, going out and and doing a whole nother exploration. It was authenticity. And then it was like love and self-love, right? Like, It really bothered me. People would talk about this stuff and it felt saccharine and annoying to me. And it's like, I just have to say like five positive things every day to feel better. And I'm like, is that really it though? That sounds awful. Right. I just couldn't get into it. Um, And so this was my journey into um, understanding love, vibrational love, the idea of energy of love um, through this sort of breakdown, breakthrough experience and it came through just heartbreak after heartbreak after heartbreak. We kept breaking up. And I mean, we loved each other, like like literally. I've never met anybody that I've cared more about and vice versa. But we just couldn't sustain the relationship. So it would be hurtful. And then you'd break up. But then you'd have these healings. And that, to your question, right, It it just kept upping my experience of myself, right? As I healed these things, as I looked at myself, as I then opened up to more of this idea that perhaps I really am this energy, right? Perhaps I really am um, uh, not this physical experience, but this, this sensibility, the observer self. Um, I, I just, all new people showed up in my life. Um, all of these new friends started developing and, and that flow thing happened, right? All of a sudden the phone would ring and it was like just the right time that I needed that person. and, you know, this person would show up and that person would disappear and the next one would show up. And it's just, it's truly remarkable. You know, I I know people talk about the course of miracles and all that stuff, but it it really is true. I mean, it really happens.
2: We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show.
0: its If I may quote uh, one of the great songs of the 2000s, uh, Black Widow, um, it sounds like, uh, one of the, one of the, one of the lines in this song is I'm going to love you so much. I'm going to hate you. Uh, it sounds like that's what the twin flame is
2: <laughs> oh, <laughs> something like that.
0: If yes. I paraphrase the great writer of that song, I don't know who it is. Oh
1: my god! Yeah, <laughs> You plan to meet a couple lives to just do this massive work. And sometimes it ends in relationship working if both sides do all the work and sometimes it just doesn't work. It's, it's really,
0: and it doesn't have to be romantic either. It could be friends. It could be uh, you,
1: you can't really stay friends with your twin flame so much unless the healing is there, you can't
0: well, I tell you no, you can't stay friends. so I, there was a friend in my past who I believe was that for me because we got to a place at the beginning it was nice. it was fine. It always starts off okay. It's not like instant or else if if it was instant, then you wouldn't have anything to do with them. so they walk they work their way into your life and they're really good and then for me then at a certain point it switched and then we were just like cats and dogs like constantly for like a year until I met my wife and she was like trying to be a mediator because I'd been good friends with them for a few years and they were there when I was in a very dark place and they helped me at that point but then at a certain point it just switched and I didn't understand it at the time and now talking to you about this it kind of makes sense because we were really shining lights on each other in a way that when like, we were just going at each other for no, there's no reason for it. There really, truly wasn't. And like little things here and there, just like tick, 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 and it just you know the whole relationship just finally, yeah, blew up. Yeah. But I hope that being in that relationship, it did help me. I hope it helped him as well. But it was a friend. It was a friend. It wasn't a, uh, a, you know, a romantic relationship. So I've had I've had a couple of those.
1: Uh. (laughs) yeah it's really um it's really like a Hmm. a razor's edge between just toxic relationships and people confuse twin flames with these very toxic ones where it's like this is just unhealthy abusive and sometimes it can be like i don't know without going into your records but sometimes um those relationships can be um you guys came here to just really heal and work on a lot of things together um the twin flame energy tends to be a love at first sight thing that that that's a very common quality to it so i don't know how you felt if it felt like
0: oh when we first when we first saw each other like as a as friends like we connected like peas and carrots it was like it was like man where have you been Mm. and it worked like that for a couple years and then just something popped just something popped and we worked together and things popped. There's just, it's the only thing I can, I can really think about off the top of my head that kind of feels that way, but it it sounds, it smells like a duck, walks like a duck. I think it might be, might be that duck in my (laughs) life, at least,
2: you know,
0: I'll have to get a reading and we'll go in. But you don't
1: meet your twin flame in every life. Like it's, it's a, it's a once in a several lifetime thing. Um, so for people out there who are wondering, I mean, it, it, it's, um, it's not that common and a lot of people really look for it they're like i want my twin flame and do you though people, it's like do you do you really i don't know my friends are like i'm so glad it's not me and it's you <laughs> so,
2: uh, i mean
1: i'm grateful it's a it's a classroom to learn and grow and heal it's been my classroom and it's um really helped me you know find this deeper relationship to myself and and spirituality and love and, and a connection to something bigger than myself. So it, it's been worth it, but it's, it was <laughs> a little brutal.
0: <laughs> as as life tends to be sometimes a little brutal Little, little. broke my ego when i was like i, I got this i was like oh, oh no, that's that's it. the moment when you say you know what i think oh, i've God, got right? and then that's when the sledgehammer just comes oh. on, boom, right I mean, into your head
1: i'm never saying that again i'll tell you what exactly i heard rob bell uh, right after i felt like i got it he was talking to oprah and he said you know the universe rises up and meets you wherever you are and i was like Psh whatever with that. And then like a year later, it was like, damn it. It's true. <laughs> Here we go again.
0: Yeah. And even being spiritual, you become like, you know, I think I'm like the most spiritual, like I'm like the ego oh. just pops its head in. It's like, you oh. know, I think, I think I got this. Like the oh. second you say that it's the energy is off everything. You, you always have to stay humble. You always have to understand that, you know, nothing and that you're learning along the way. And and just be grateful for the lessons you're learning and you keep moving forward, but in a very humble way. That's right. You that's can right. you cannot the second you hear I've got this, I've got it figured out, I've got this on lock, all of this stuff is ego. And yeah, that's when 100%. the fall and the yeah. fall will come and it will come hard <laughs>
1: <laughs> Not to say the least. Yeah, uh, I mean but, the the view that, like, you know. A third grader is in third grade, and it's appropriate. And you would never say if you met a third grader, if you were in college or grad school, like, oh, I feel so much better than them. That's ridiculous, right? People are where they are in their spiritual journey. There's no, like, hierarchy to it. But for some reason, there's this, like, you know, Ego. spiritually, like, egoic um, quality to it. And and you're right. I mean, y- you know, Plato talks about... um the only thing I know is that I know nothing, right? And that's wisdom. And And I really believe that to be true. It's It's not that I don't know that I'm on a phone call with you, right? Like I know I'm sitting here. I know I'm in a room. I know I've got this water bottle. But what I think is happening is not happening, right? The meaning that I apply to all of it isn't quite right. And when you start thinking that you actually know the meaning of this whole thing, it, it, you know, that's, that's, that's the, the ego. That's the, um, you know, you can look at the Eastern or the Western. I mean, I'm just quoting Plato, but it's like, that's where you, uh, start to realize that, you know, I'm inserting, um, a need for control to feel like I have a, um, a way in which I'm not dripping into the unknown. Right. Cause that's what's so scary about the letting go. But the truth is, it's really the only path into spirituality or enlightenment is is the knowing of not knowing, right?
0: And letting yeah. go, and and hoping that there's someone there to, uh, you know, put a put a put a a block in front of you as you walk off the cliff. Someone's there to hold you, and that's the scariest part. But that's what that's the path that all ascended masters go through. That's the part of all spiritual beings will have to eventually. It's the release. It's the giving up control it's the yeah. surrender
2: yeah.
0: that's the scariest part and the ego hates that man boy does it hate it.
1: it i hate keep it. surrendering and surrendering and letting go and letting go and it's like who the ego just does not does not want it you know
0: um and it and it hides doesn't it the ego will hide it'll hide like okay i'll let you do this little thing for a few years and then all of a sudden hey i think i got this life thing figured out after you've been doing all this work and it's like My time to come back on stage. (laughs) Right. And so I I don't know if you checked out
1: Adashanti, but I just love his work. And, you know, he talks about how it's about being in both, right? I am embodied. I am here and I have an ego. I'm not trying to get past it. And the spiritual bypassing that we're supposed to not experience life, right, is not the goal. And when I got that, that was such a huge help to me because it's like, oh, I have an ego and my ego is an asshole sometimes. And sometimes I do get annoyed or upset or sad or whatever it is. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just the amount of time that I spend there and how seriously I take it gets smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller.
0: smaller, Agreed, 110. Uh, Yeah, as opposed to marinating it over years, (laughs) now it could go away in five or 10 minutes. And it's a big difference. I've marinated for years. And I've now gotten to a place that hopefully the last of five or 10 minutes. But you're here, you're human, got an ego. This is the experience you signed up for. Don't beat yourself up. Uh, yeah. You're not going to be perfect. No one is.
1: No, and we're not supposed to be in a state of pleasure. That's the ego again. Pain and pleasure are inevitable. You cannot avoid painful things. It's just your relationship to those things, right? Pleasure is fleeting and pain is fleeting. So you just you allow yourself to have all of the experiences, right? And that spiritual bypassing is, is real. It's like I'm supposed to just be in this blissed out state all the time in my big, like, you know, meditative place. And it's like, no, that that's not it. Um, you want to live life fully. And part of living it is being in situations that appear to be painful. It's just the meaning you're putting on it isn't accurate. And so when you can let go of knowing that this is what this means and just be in the presence of it and let it go, it, it gets a lot easier. But that was a big one for me, Alex, like, you know, a, a lot of spiritual people talk about, you know, staying in that sort of blissed out good place. And it, it it's very toxic to think that that's the goal.
2: We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. and now back to the show
0: not here when you're on the other side you are in a blissful state at all times
1: that's right
0: you're in love you're in, you're connected to source that's, that's where right. you're at when we're here we got this meat suit that's on right. and it's uh, you're not supposed to bliss out all the time you're not that's supposed right. to be you're not supposed to be in a cave for 20 hours a day for forty years, it's generally not the path. You have to experience things. You have to go out. You have to interact. You're here to learn lessons and so on. So yeah. that's not enlightenment. Enlightenment is not that. It's that's it's right. different. But yeah. um, now I'm going to ask you a few questions. To ask all my guests. Um, what is your definition of living a good life?
1: Mm. It for me, it's um, it's allowing myself the opportunity to wake up every day and express what it is that wants to express through me, right? So I believe in the energy, the, the the life force, the soul, right? Whatever you want to call it, that emits up and through me every day. It just wants to express outward. And I just want to allow that to be true more often than not most days.
0: What is your definition of God.
1: Yeah, it's um, the energy that's all things in all places that's endless, timeless, unknowable, and the only truth we have.
0: <laughs> the old ult- and what is the ultimate purpose of life?
1: Mm. I mean, for me, that's an easy one, given what I do. Um, but I think it's about uh, connecting into uh, the truth in every moment and allowing yourself to be in lockstep and take action from. So I experience truth of of truth of energy that that flows through me and I take action from that place. And when you do that, sometimes it'll it'll amount to a 3D purpose and sometimes it'll just be a walk down the street. But that's what purpose is
0: for me. And where can people find out more about you and the work that you're doing?
1: Yeah, there's two places, uh, Little Soul School, Soul dot school. And then uh, if you want to check out all the stuff going on with the Akashic Records, and then I have my own site, LauraCo.com. Um, we're pretty active on Facebook there's a little soul school community too
0: that's awesome and where and would you like to leave the audience with a final message
1: first of all I just love the work you're doing and thank you so much for having me on Um, thank you so much and uh, yeah I mean I think that this is a time that I think a lot of people are seeking and if you're listening to this and you've made it to the end with us you're probably one of those people Um, and so I just appreciate you you know going on this journey with us and I just encourage you to find ways to connect into that deeper sense of self. You know, I don't want to be a pusher if the Akashic realm is in it for you. Um, It's, you know, great if you want to do it through yoga or meditation, but um, anything and everything you can do every day to listen to what is true within your, your soul, your spirit, and allow that to shine forward and express means that we get to share the full truth of who you are. And that's what I think we're all here to do.
0: And it's been a pleasure talking to you. I know we could keep going for another six hours uh, without question. Uh, We have to have you back to talk uh, another day, Uh, but I appreciate you and all the work that you're doing uh, to help elevate uh, the vibration of the entire planet and awaken uh, so many souls around the world. So I appreciate you, my dear. Thank you. Thank you. I want to thank Laura so much for coming on the show and sharing her knowledge with all of us. Thank you so much, Laura. If you want to get links to anything we spoke about in this episode, head over to the show notes at nextlevelsoul.com forward slash 187. And if you've only been listening to this over podcast and you want to watch these amazing conversations, please subscribe to our YouTube channel at nextlevelsoul.com forward slash YouTube. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, trust the journey.